Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hope and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. And if you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And today we're going to continue our series on Jesus' seven sayings from the cross. And it's titled, Jesus Speaks from the Cross. And today we're going to talk about God's plan is now complete. The text we're concentrating on is John 19.30. It says, When Jesus had received the sour wine, he then said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and voluntarily gave up his spirit. And the scriptures we'll work through today are John 19.25-30. through to 30. I think we might read them together. Let's start in verse 25. It says, So the soldiers did these things. By standing by the cross of Jesus where he, were his mother, his mother's sister Salome, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So Jesus, seeing his mother and the disciple whom he loved, standing near, said to his mother, Dear woman, look, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple who we know as John, Look, here is your mother, protect and provide for her. From that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said in fulfillment of the scripture, I am thirsty. And a jar of sour wine was placed there. So they put a sponge soaked in the sour wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and voluntarily gave up his spirit. Let's pray before we go any further. Every week we, we don't do an offering message at, at the refinery, but what we do do is pray over the offering. So let's do that now. Father, you have told us that who much is given, much is required. We are indeed a favoured people. Millions of people went to bed hungry last night, and millions more are barely able to scratch out an existence. But the worst thing is that there are even more millions of people who do not know Jesus Christ as Saviour. Some of them live in lands of poverty, but others live in places of affluence. We bring our gifts to you this morning. Use them to support your work at this church and in all the places they will be sent. As we have entered into the works of others, we pray that others will enter into our works as we give our money to tell the story of Jesus. We give for our local church field, and for all the people everywhere who need to hear the good news. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray today. Amen. So at least twice in Jesus' ministry, he must have cried wildly with happiness. On one occasion, was at the beginning of his ministry, and the other at the close. When he finished with the third temptation in the wilderness, he shouted, Get behind me, Satan! indicating that he was through listening to the tempter. Now at the close of his ministry, Jesus once more shouted, and this time the cry was likewise wild and with happiness. It is finished. Both cries followed prolonged periods of distress. The first cry followed 40 days of hunger and temptation. The other followed many hours of haunting misery and excruciating suffering. Both times Jesus proclaimed his identity with something and somebody. 
both times he testified in the presence of God that he could withstand all the assault of the satanic forces of evil that they might bring against him. No pressure was great enough to make Jesus surrender his determination to God's suffering servant. He is God's suffering servant. Nothing was going to stop that. And he was the sinless sin bearer. Few people can finish a job completely. Have a think about it. At best, we are stutterers when we try to speak about God. And we're weaklings when we try to do anything in his name. But Jesus was different. He never stumbled. He never mumbled. And he never grumbled. He kept his eye on God, his Father. He would not turn back or be turned back. He was determined to complete the task God had brought him into the world to perform. His victorious cry, it is finished, reveals three things that we should take note of and take them to heart. First one is the sufferings of Jesus are now finished. Many years before Jesus' crucifixion, one of Israel's great prophets had said in anticipation of Calvary, in Isaiah 53.10, Yet the Lord is willing to crush him, causing him to suffer. If he would give himself as a guilt offering, an atonement for sin, he shall see his spiritual offspring. He shall prolong his days, and the will, the good pleasure of the Lord, shall succeed and prosper in his hand. The suffering of God's Son was in full accordance with God's eternal purpose. And because we are human, we cannot fathom the divine mind. We only know that God chose the substitutionary atonement of His Son as the way of redeeming humankind from sin. When Jesus hung on the cross for six hours, He bore in His own body all that we deserve to suffer for our sins through eternity. The thought is too profound for us to comprehend. It is the Lord's doing, and it must remain wonderful in our eyes. Jesus' suffering did not begin on Calvary. He was persecuted at every stage of his life. The Pharisees constantly harassed him, seeking every opportunity to find him guilty of violating some small part of the Mosaic law. Often the worst suffering is not physical torture, but the mental anguish. Jesus was stated or stalked by the religious leaders of his day. Think about that. Stalked by the religious leaders. Everywhere he went, they were. He was too orthodox for the liberal Sadducees, and he was too liberated from the technical demands of the law for the overbearing Pharisees. Though this latter group resided chiefly in Jerusalem, they followed him to Galilee during his 18-month ministry where he was so popular there. They tried to make his life miserable by constantly nitpicking everything he did to meet the human need of the underprivileged people in that area. Let me encourage you. Don't be a nitpicker. Don't try and pick out every little thing that your pastor might say that you may not agree with. Sure, ask questions, but don't nitpick. That's what the Pharisees were doing. They were making his life miserable by constantly nitpicking. 
And the greatest suffering was, however, in Gethsemane and on Calvary. So intensely did he feel the weight of the world on him that he prayed that he might cry out to God. In Matthew 26, 39, it says, And after going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible that is consistent with your will, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus' sufferings in Pilate's hall were both physical and mental. He was handed over to cruel executioners who beat him with whips laced with pieces of bone or lead. This was physical suffering to the utmost. He was scourged, which means these whips were actually tearing the flesh from his body. Then they placed a crown of thorns on his head and a purple robe around him. And in some ways this must have hurt more than the scourging. Think of it. They were just humiliating him. And finally, Jesus endured the indescribable suffering as he was nailed to the cross. Matthew merely said, and they crucified him. Matthew didn't want to explain the picture fully. But what depth is contained in that simple phrase, and they crucified him. Now all the suffering was over. Jesus was beyond the reach of his enemies. No longer could they taunt him or throw insults at him. He had paid the price for our sins, and no one could hurt him anymore. And secondly, the prophecies of Jesus' life and death are now finished as well. Beginning in the Garden of Eden and continuing until the last chapter of the last book of the Old Testament, we have what has been called the Messianic Strain. God made himself known in many ways through revelation and inspiration, but the Old Testament is primarily a story of redemption. And it baffles me that so many Christians these days feel as though they don't need to read it, because it is is a story of redemption. But many Christians and many churches discount the Old Testament. Every book has something to say of God's eternal purpose in the world. Some of the prophecies are direct statements clearly predicting the coming of certain events that become realities in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Others are symbols, but they are nonetheless God's divine word of assurance to Old Testament people that his redemptive purpose would not be defeated. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that he had not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them in Matthew 5.17. Christians in the first century had no New Testament. They found Jesus in the Jewish scriptures. Philip was asked by the Ethiopian eunuch the meaning of an Old Testament prophecy, which was in Isaiah 53, 7 and 8. And the New Testament says that he began at the same scripture and preached under him Jesus. In the conversion, or the conversation, sorry, with Nicodemus, Jesus reached back into the Old Testament for a beautiful parallel between the history of Israel and his own ministry, saying that as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That's John 3.14. The symbolic teaching of the Passover, the Day of Atonement, and all guilt offerings were fulfilled when Jesus died. 
the curtain separating the holy place from the holy of holies was torn in two when Jesus died. No longer does the high priest go behind the curtain. Jesus is our high priest. And every believer has unlimited access to come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Every Christian, let me say it again, every Christian, every believer has unlimited access to come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Every prophecy, every ceremony, every ritual, every foreshadowing of the coming Messiah's life and death for our sin has been fulfilled. It is finished. And thirdly, the plan of salvation is now finished. All that was necessary for the atonement of humankind's sin has now been accomplished. Of course, the resurrection had to follow, but the price had already been paid. The raising up of Jesus was the Father's work. The Son had already paid the price. When Jesus shouted, it is finished, he meant it. People could now have access from earth into heaven through the Saviour who gave his life as a ransom for sin. As we finish up today, this is perhaps the greatest shout from the cross for Jesus had completed the work of God that he'd been sent to do. From now on, The responsibility is actually on us. Have you received the atonement and applied it personally to your life? Receiving it and applying it are two completely different things. Jesus died for all, but not all will be saved. For those that come to him by faith, it says, only those that come to him by faith. Question I've got for you today, have you come to him by faith? If not, will you come today? Have a look at yourself this week. Can you actually say that you're applying that salvation that Jesus provided for you? Are you applying it to your life? And as I do every week, I want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time. Because God has so much more for us than just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. I'm not saying don't go to church. Because the gathering of the saints is vitally important. But you need to study the word as well. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him. And he can make you whole, spirit, soul and body. You just need to allow him to. And you're important to God. You know that already. But you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings.